Hello. Good morning. What a privilege to share God's word with you. Can we just share a word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we bless you. We give you praise and we honor you. We exalt and we thank you that there is none like you. You declare in your word that there is none comparable with you. You said there is none who is your equal. It is this word that we understand that the world was framed by. Therefore, even as we are about to hear your word, I come before thee, O Lord, and I ask you that Father speak your word through me in the name of Jesus. I decrease that you increase. I pray that let me not speak men enticing words, but let me speak the mind of God. In the name of Jesus, I ask of you, O Lord, that let every heart be receptive to your word. Father, I ask of you that let us not be hearers only, but grant us the grace, the grace to be doers of your word, your word by which we are able to grow. For you declare that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Therefore today, O Lord, speak, even as your servants hear thee, in the name above every name, in Jesus' glorious name. If you are here and you are saved, put those hands together and shout your loudest hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. It's great to share the word of God with you. I mean... Is such a wonderful privilege to share this word with you. Last week we heard about how God encountered a man who had faith, but today we're taking it into a different dimension. Let's quickly turn our Bible to Luke chapter 7. It will be displayed on the screen. Luke chapter 7, we're reading from verse 11 to 17. Soon afterwards, he went to a town called Nan, and his disciples and a great crowd with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bear, and the bearer stopped still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us. God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding countries. Wow. I would like to start off by saying, if you can tell your neighbor, it's not over until God says it's over. 
I don't know what you might be going through. But sometimes if you own a car and your car breaks down, you easily know where to take the car to. You take it to a mechanic. And then if you have issues at home, maybe you need a handyman. And sometimes if your clothes is torn, there is a tendency you might think, oh, I can take it to a tailor. But what do you do when your life is in crisis? What do you do when in the middle of the night there is no one to call on to, but you have sleepless nights because things are bothering you? What do you do when it seems like your world is breaking apart? This scenario of our life can be linked up to the story of the passage we just read. A woman who, had a, who was then married, but we understand that she lost her husband. For how long the husband passed away is not in the story, but thereafter we were told that she lost her son. Just pause for a moment, knowing very well that in those days, it was the men who were the breadwinners. So for your husband to die, it's going to be quite difficult for you to survive. So what happened was, if you, are having, if you have kids, there's a possibility you might think, well, my kids could be there for me. This was what the woman was thinking. Little did she know that sooner than later, her resources was going to be taken away. God have mercy. According to the story, Jesus was going somewhere. So soon afterward, he went to a town called Nun, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. Prior to this, we were told that Jesus encountered a centurion whose servant was ill, and then he asked Jesus to come over, and we all know the story. Jesus said, I've never seen a faith like this. But in this story, we were not told that Jesus was invited to the funeral. He wasn't. So he was going somewhere, and the Bible says that a large crowd. And here we see two crowds. One was following something that is dead, and they were carrying the dead. And the other was following the life-giving person. I don't know who and what you are following, but I got word for you. I would love for you to follow Jesus. For if you follow the world, the world has nothing to offer than dead. Because the Bible says that everything in the world is passing away. Every single thing we see today is passing away. Recently, we were hit by corona. Most people were thinking that's going to be the end of the world. But here we are. But situations and circumstances can tell us that this world that we live in it's not ours. The world is passing by. But who are you following? We have so many people on social media. Others are following this, they are following that. But the Bible says that there were two crowds. One were following something that is dead. I don't know what you are following. But I have something for you. It is my greater desire that I follow the one who says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way to the Father. He's the truth of all truth because the Bible says that when you know that truth, that truth has the capacity to set you free. So here we are, we engage two people. And people might think that this is a coincidence. 
But I believe that according to the Bible, that God doesn't do coincidences. God does God incidences. Sometimes I believe that God always shows up at the crossroads of our life. You can testify that there were certain situations in your life that had it not been Jesus coming in for you, you wouldn't know where you might have been by now. Today, you can look back and say, in that moment in time, if God didn't show up, I don't know what would have happened for me. There are situations that sometimes God wouldn't show up in person, but there is something we call the ministry of presence. There are times that you're going through issues in life, and God will plant someone in your life, and that person may speak a word or two, and that word will carry you far. So God works in diverse ways. So I believe that had he been Jesus was a bit late, about a minute or two, he might have missed this crowd. But God is always on time. The Bible says that in the fullness of time, I love that. It's that in the fullness of time, God caused his son to be made manifest. Jesus didn't come accidentally. It was based on the plan and the calculations of God. And the things that goes on in our lives, sometimes you like God to come in your time. But the Bible says that in his own time, he made things beautiful. Not in your time, but in his time. And there is this ministry of presence that people come into your life and they always make sure that you get the word that God has for you. When you go to the verse 13, are you with me? And the Bible says that, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. I love that. I want you to know that God sees you. Sometimes you might think, I don't feel. You know, you have conversation with people and they're like, I don't feel like God is with me. Sometimes you have conversation with people, it's like, I don't feel like I'm being loved by God. But what we are into, the Bible says that God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We don't worship God based on our feelings. Because I believe if Jesus had felt the pain, he wouldn't have come and saved us. It is something that you need to have it as an awareness. For Jesus declared that I will never leave you. He said, I will never leave you. I would never. I just want to re-emphasize the word never. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many. See, sometimes you read the scriptures and you're like, what is the Bible actually trying to say? What is the Bible trying to communicate? He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. It means you could lose your job, you could lose your marriage, you could lose your kids. So many things can happen to you. All these things are afflictions as a result of the fall of man. But it says, but the Lord delivered them from all, from one thing to the other. When you look back, you're like, had it not been the Lord God on my side, I wouldn't have been where I am today. So though the afflictions will come, but I want to ensure you, and I want you to understand this one thing that God is saying to you today, that in your pain, I can see you. In the pain that sometimes you have conversation with people, you tell them what you're going through. They can feel your pain, they may understand what you're going through, but the question is, are they willing or can they help you? There are times that people sincerely have a genuine heart of trying to help you, but there are things only God can do. When the angel appeared to Mary and told Mary, you know what, there is something that is going to happen to you. He said, that you're going to conceive and bear a child. And she was like, wait a minute, how can this be? 
Because by human understanding, conception is only through one means. Seeing that I have no man, he said, this is not going to take a man. The spirit of the Most High will overshadow you. There are things that the spirit of God is the only one that can do it. For we men, we are limitations. That is why we hardly understand the things of God. For if the things of God make sense, then it's not God. Because God is not a man. Inasmuch as he made us in his own image and after his likeness, God is not a man. So anything about God that makes sense is not God. Because if we can easily understand God, he ceases to be God. Are you with me? So this was the woman. She was in pain. And the Bible says that God saw, Jesus saw her. He had compassion on her and said to her, Hallelujah. Anytime you go through situations in life, there is always the word of God for you. Sometimes it may not be what you want to hear. Because listen, how could I lose my husband, lose my child, and I'm in pain, and I'm crying, and all you can tell me is do not weep? You know, the word of God comes, but it doesn't reflect what we're going through. Like sometimes you are in difficulties and the Bible says that the Lord is with you. And you know that this situation is very terrible. Like you've done all you could. Sometimes I remember personally, there are things you go through. You pray, you fast, you study the word, you do all you have to do. But it looks like nothing is happening. And then you begin to question yourself. Sometimes you even begin to question your faith. If this is real, but God is real. Because what happened is, all these things are trying of our faith. The other time I was having a conversation with someone that in order for something to come out, every product that is being made, it has to go through a test. The product can never be qualified to be put out unless it goes through a test. So whatever comes your way is a means by which God is building your faith. Because this thing that we are into is not a party time. But one thing I thank God is the fact that he's always there for us. In your pain, no matter how the situation is, the Bible says that he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the Bible says that he was moved with compassion because the widow has already lost the husband. Now he had no means. And God said, I'm going to do for her what she can do for her. And God says, I should tell you that the situation that you're going through, you think it's all over, but he is about to do what you can do for yourself. Somebody shout, amen. amen. And after Jesus was moved with mercy, we understand that he sent his message. Like I told you earlier on, anytime you are going through situations, there is always that word for you. There is always the word of God for you. It may not be able to fix your situation, but it is the right word. And the verse 14, I love that part. The Bible says that then he came up and touched the bear, and the bearer stood still. Now, if you read Numbers chapter 19, from 11 to 13, Jesus did something that he shouldn't do. He touched the untouchable. Because by the Jewish law, no one is supposed to touch anything that is dead. You will be unclean. But Jesus is willing to touch where no one can touch. He's willing to do, to bend the rules for your sake. This is how far God loves us. He shouldn't do what he did. But because of the pain that the woman was going through, he has to bend the rules. Because he is able 
to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond and above what you can ask or think. And here we were not told if the woman was praying. Because sometimes when situations happen to you and you have a breakthrough, if you prayed about it, you have the tendency to say, probably because I prayed about it. But here there is nothing about a woman praying. And I believe that she couldn't pray because, just imagine, if you lose your husband and God doesn't come true, what are you going to do? If you lose your son and God didn't come true. So there are situations in our life that we can't even pray. But God sees you in your pain. Even if you can't pray, he's willing to touch the untouchable. Hallelujah. God is willing to bend the roots for your sake. And no matter how dead and filthy you are, God is always willing to touch you. The only reason why we are here today is because God stood in for us. Because some of us, has God not touched us? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. That has that not been the touch like you were going really down. You were actually going that down. But there was that touch. And that touch was what brought you down to the saving grace of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that when he touched them, they did what they stood still. This shows that sometimes when we're going through issues in life, there is a time that we have to sit down and just reflect. For the Bible says that be still and know that I am the Lord. Sometimes we want to do things our own way, but God is saying, just relax. Just be still. Just be still. So when he touched them, they were still. This is what I love so much. The miracle actually was not in the touch. Are you with me? We understand there was this time that a woman was the issue of blood. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment, and what happened? The blood ceased. But here, God, Jesus touched the barrier, but then nothing happened. So how did the miracle happen? The Bible says that, and he said, if you can put that one up, then he came up and touched the bear, and the bearer stood still. And he did what? Can we say it together? And he did what? Young man, I say to you, arise. The miracle was in the... The miracle was in the... For the Bible declared that the word of God, Hebrews 4.12, it said the word of God is living. The word of God is living. So if the word of God encounters something which is dead, what happens? Are we together? This word is living. So anytime it comes into contact with something that is dead, it brings it to life. The Bible says that while we were dead in our sins, the word and redeem us. First Peter 1.23, it says you have been born again, not by a corruptible seed, which is the word of God. This seed has the capacity to bring you. It said this seed is incorruptible. Have you noticed that you can be on social media for hours and you are cool? You can be on Netflix and all the other social places. You are cool, but each time you want to read the Bible, it's like... Because the devil knows the power in the Word. In the beginning was there, and the Word was with... And the Word was... The Word of God is the mind of God. 
everything in life, when we buy products, they all have manual. And sometimes before you open it, they tell you, read before you operate it. This is our manual. The Bible says that when God made man, he made us out of the soil. And I was trying to explain this to someone the other time. That out of all the things that God created in life, in the world, the only thing he made man out of was soil. Why? Because he knows that soil has the capacity to bring forth anything they put into it. So if you put a seed in the soil, it does what? So when the word of God comes to you, it brings forth living. So out of all the things that God made in the world, he used soil. He made man out of the soil. So if you look, read Luke chapter 11 verse 8, the Bible says that the seed is the word of God. So God knows that anytime the word comes, it has the capacity to make you what it can make you to be. So the devil in Genesis chapter 3, the first time we heard about the devil is in Genesis. Soon as God did everything, the Bible says that God spoke and things came into existence. And he gave the people, he made the word. The devil came, he didn't attack anything in the garden, he attacked the word. Did God say you should not eat of these fruits? The enemy is always after the word. He's always after the word. When Jesus appeared on the scene, the Bible says that he went on the desert to be tempted by the devil. The first thing the devil came to ask him was, if you be the son of God, after John the Baptist has declared that this is the son of God, God declared that this is the son of God in whom I am well pleased. So the enemy of our life is always after the word of God. So Paul declared, he said, fight the good fight of Faith comes by hearing what? So our fight is always about the word. Tell somebody you don't need anything than the word. Oh, I wish you could say it louder. <laughs> say you need a word. Say you need a word. So we need to spend time in this word. We need to. Because it looks like we have time for everything. We really have time for everything in life. Except the word. That is where our fight is. That is where the enemy is always fighting us. And Hebrews tells us that by the, by the word of God, we understand that this whole world was framed by God's word. This word has the capacity, it has the ability to make you. When Jesus called the disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you. This word has the capacity to make us. For your marriage to work, it takes the word. For anything in your life to work, it takes the word. But what happens is that we end up following other things except the word. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not your righteousness, but his righteousness. So once you are able to seek the word, then all other things, you will not pray for it. God knows your needs. He does. He does. We need not to be worried. We have to spend time in the word. Are you with me? We have to spend time in the word. For it is the word that has the capacity to change our life. Are you with me? And the verse 15, what happened after he spoke the word? And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Wow. Soon as the word appeared, what happened? The dead man came back to life. If you read the story, when Solomon prayed that God should give him wisdom, the Bible says that the next day, there was a story that happened. Two women were saying that one has stolen the child, blah, blah, blah. And we all know about the story. So Solomon sat up there, 
and what he said was they should bring a sword. And soon as they brought a sword, the truth came out. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, it said the sword of the Spirit is what? Is the word of God. Are you with me? The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. So the moment Solomon brought the sword out, which is the word of God, the woman came out and said, no, 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 don't do this. Just give this. See, the word of God has the capacity. It breaks chains. It can break you. But it all needs for you to spend time in it. It's just, I keep telling people, it's about relationship. If you want to know someone, what do you do? You spend not time, but quality time with the person. You spend quality time with the person. But how often do we spend that quality time with God? He loves us. He sees and feels our pain. But we seem to be doing so many things and living that which he has given to us. People want to know the will of God. But the will of God is the word of God. His will is his word. Are you with me? Verse 16. Fear sees them all, and they glorify God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. I love this. Hallelujah. They said God has done was visited his people. A great prophet has arisen among us. And one of the things that I love about them was the fact that they were able to lift the lifter. You know, sometimes when things happen, people say, I thank the God of uh, Pastor Duncan. I thank the God of, uh, you know, they were lifting up God himself. Jesus said, if you lift me up, I will draw all men. So they were lifting God up. Are you with me? So there is a need that when God does something to us, the glory should not be given to man. Like in the Acts of the Apostles, the Bible says that when, and uh, this guy, Paul and Barnabas, they perform a miracle. The people thought they were one of the gods. So they wanted just to make them as one. They said, no, 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 no. We are not. Let the glory be given to him alone. The glory is not to us. It is unto him alone. So anytime God does a miracle in your life, he wants us to give the glory to. It's not about anyone. It's all about, are you with me? And this report, and this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. Why not? If you read Mark chapter 2, verse 12, the Bible says that when Jesus was preaching, he was cutting out the devils, the people were like, wow, we have never seen anything like this before. Because in the synagogue, the stripes were preaching, they were doing all stuff, but the way this man was doing this stuff, they said, no, we have never seen anything like this before. So there is, it's no wonder that his fame and the report about him spread throughout Judea. What is God telling us today? He wants you to realize that in the heat of the moment, he's always with you. And this afternoon, I don't know what is it that is causing you sleepless night. If the band can come forward, please. I don't know what is it that is taking you down, that is giving you sleepless night, but Jesus is here. He's here and he's seeing you. He's right here to touch you when others cannot touch you. If you can just be on our feet. I don't know where you find yourself at this very moment, but the word of God has come to you. It has come to let you know that sometimes you don't feel like you are being loved. It feels like things are dying in your life. But Jesus, the Savior of the world, is right here. He says, I see your pain. I feel your pain. And I'm touching you right now. His word to you is, don't weep. The things that cause you to weep 
is over today. Jesus is speaking to you. He said, don't be worried, for I am with you to the end of time. Don't let that pain make you feel unworthy. Don't let that situation make you feel unworthy. For God so loved the world that he gave. There is no other love than this. And what manner of love has the Father bestowed upon us that we must be called the sons of the Most High. I don't know where you are today in your walk with God. I don't know the situations that has caused you pain. It could be emotional pain, psychological pain. No matter what pain it is, the mercy of God, as the Bible declares, His mercy are new every morning. For great is His faithfulness towards us. Every day of your life, the mercy of God is new. His message for you today is, I see your pain. I feel your pain. And I'm willing to touch you. Just place your hand on your chest as we welcome Duncan to help us pray for people who feel like I need God in this area of my life. I need you. I need you every hour. We need you, God.